if it goes to plan, we'll, we'll bounce back and forth, Liz and I, for 40 minutes-ish, uh, 45 maybe. And then um, there's a Slido opened, which is hashtag... Dating. Crazy. Hashtag dating. And uh, feel free to throw in questions as we go along or wait to the end. And um, we'll take some questions in the last 15 minutes or so. Let me pray and then we'll uh, jump on him. Hey, great God and Father, thank you that you give us all that we need for salvation, all that we need for life in the scriptures. And as we come to think of the wisdom that you've embedded there in how we relate to one another in this curious world of dating. Help us understand rightly what's there. Help us to apply it rightly, sensibly, realistically to our lives. Father, would we be those who are kind in this, whether we're those actively dating or we're friends of those who are. Father, help us to be kind. We want a culture of a church where uh, these are dating relationships, of course, are encouraged realistically. So help us get that right, we pray. Amen. Amen. When you turn to the scriptures for wisdom upon dating, I think you end up saying the most obvious thing that the scriptures say is if you'd like to get married, go and draw water from a well. So um, that's about it. Um, so lots of characters in the Bible meet their spouses at a well. Um, from uh, Isaac and Rebecca onwards in Genesis, Moses, etc., etc., Zipporah. Uh, it's a wet, it's a good place to meet. That is not of much use to us in the year 2022. Uh, so straight away, that's a flippant way of saying we are in the category of wisdom. So there is very little explicitly stated. Well, there's nothing explicitly stated. I'd suggest in the scriptures uh, about dating, but there are lots of principles you can draw uh, about thinking wisely. Uh, a couple um, a couple of just pegs you can put in the ground straight away. The first is that we're made for marriage, but you need to balance that alongside, hold it in tension with the fact that we're made for Christ. So we're made for marriage, a familiar passage in Genesis chapter 2. Um, let me just read verse 24. Uh, a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh, and this is clearly a, a, a phenomenally important relationship because the man leaves father and mother, that is, the marriage relationship takes priority over parents and children. Um, and that's easy to say, but actually much harder to get right in practice, <laughs> uh, particularly when you, if you ever have children. Um, there's a lot of divorced people and children as a consequence of that anyway. But it's a priority. It's only it's meant to be biblically. That must be held in tension with the fact that we're made for Christ. And so marriage is only a temporary relationship. It is, sort of Neil's quote this morning, you know, this, this life is the cover for eternity, which is the book. And marriage in this life, it may be good, it may be bad, it may be mediocre, but it is only temporary and it's m designed to help us understand marriage in eternity, which is between Christ and his people. That's also true. So Revelation 21, he is, Christ is the bridegroom and people collectively are the brides, which means um, 
that 1 Corinthians 7, Paul can write, because of the present crisis, not super clear what that is, but I think it's better or it's good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Don't seek to be released. Are you free from such commitment? Don't look for a wife. But if you marry, you've not sinned. If a virgin marries, she's not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want you to spare you this. Which is, uh, to, to, you can ask me more about that, but in brief, the heaven reality, heavenly realities that this world is temporary, heaven is eternal, mean that it may well be better to be single in this life than married because you may well be able to achieve more for the kingdom which is eternal if you're single. Now, the Bible insists upon both these things. That marriage is a good thing and we're designed in many ways for marriage. And singleness, because of eternity to come, is a good thing and may well be better. And it says both. And if you want me to say, well, how much of both? Is it five of one and five of the other and six? The silly, silly question. It just insists upon both. And it'll vary for individuals about what is in God's good providence and the wisdom of your circumstances and who you are uh, and the patterns of life is going to be most useful to serve Jesus. But both are good. Um. I'm just going to interrupt to say that the Slido, if you'd like to add a question at any point, I think the hashtag is actually a number, not a word. So uh, if you've tried dating and it didn't work, try hashtag 11115. That's four ones and a five. 11115. Um, one other thing by way of background, and then we'll get into some more specific things. What then is dating? It's not marriage. It's not singleness. It's somewhere in between. If I was going to attempt a definition of dating, I think it would be something along the lines of it is an exclusive relationship, one man, one woman, growing in intimacy, to a suitable degree, while exploring the potential for marriage. Isn't that romantic, huh? Um, <laughs> but as I thought hard about it, because there isn't a definition in the script, I think it would be exclusive. It's just the two of you, one man, one woman. Um, progressing in intimacy, you're sharing your life more and more and more with exploring the potential for marriage. So I've put there, um, the, uh, there's, a, there's a spectrum, there's singleness, there's marriage, and somewhere in between the two is dating. It's a period, it's a discernment process. Am I gonna go with this person from single to married? Now, um, there's a few errors you can make uh, in two places. The errors between singleness and dating, what errors would be there? So sometimes people think dating, is it's just a life stage. Uh, I got to 16, I took my GCSEs, it's just what you do. I got to 17, I started driving lessons, it's just what you do. I'm now, whatever, I'm in my early 20s, so I start dating people, it's just what you do. No, it isn't. It's not just a life stage. Well, I'm 25 now and I am lose my young person's rail card, I don't know what it is. Um, it's a couple of years ago for me. The, um, but it's not just I'm at that age where it's something I should be doing. Um, because dating is not merely recreational. It's an exclusive relationship, progressing in intimacy, exploring the potential for marriage. And if you're not exploring the potential for marriage, it's not just there to, for entertainment. 
that's that that would be falling short of a biblical model of what we're trying to do. Um, so it's not just a life stage like learning to drive a car. And it's obviously, I mean, you expect me to say this, it's just one of the more obvious things biblically. It's not just, well, I'd like to have sex, and you do that when you're dating someone, so I'll date someone in order... No. <laughs> no, sex is for within marriage. Uh, the Bible is explicit on that. So there'd be some errors there between singleness and dating. And then between dating and married, there are one or two errors there. Um, mostly, I think, it's when people assume this is a massive thing. Um, well, you know, well, you, you and Molly and Billy, why don't you two go out? You, you, you seem to get on quite well. It was a massive thing. I can't do that. It's not a massive thing. And certainly, I, I, I hope you know that. I, I'd love you to walk away with that. Dating is not a big deal. It's not a massive thing. Because sometimes people sort of build it up into, well, I'd quite, you know, she and I, uh, we get on quite well. But um, to date, well, that's a massive thing. No, it isn't. Uh, in a normal, whatever normal means, but in a, in a healthy sort of church, sort of like ours, there'll be lots of dating relationships um, that don't end in marriage. That should be normal. I would expect that. Um, and that's okay. We'll get to it. It's also painful. But that is okay. So... Um, you just have to, it's not, it, dating is a long way short of marriage. Um, so the sort of, I think, for sometimes for blokes, they're petrified. Um, it's not all, it's not all, everyone's different. But I, I know some young guys, somewhat petrified. Why, well, you know, I, you know I, I, I do quite like her and I've been thinking about it. But I, if, I, if I, like, invite her for a coffee, she's going to turn up with, like, a veil and flowers, isn't she? And, <laughs> and well, yeah, I don't think so. Um, and if you've built it up into that sort of thing in your mind, I think you've got the wrong idea of dating. So don't, don't do that. Um, and the other potential error there is, well, we're, we're committed. We're, we're going out, so we're basically married. So um, let's get on with intimacy. And people go for too much either physical or emotional. People, get, people reveal too much too early. That's why I think it's an exclusive relationship. But intimate to a suitable degree, now that is, not, that's a subjective sentence, I know that. But all I mean by that is, if you start going out on the 1st of January, don't share everything by the 1st of February, you know, but if you're still dating on the 1st of October, you, you're learning stuff, more stuff come. I mean, that should have just should have kind of happened naturally, but don't go too big too early. Um, you're exploring. Where's this going to go? Um, a healthy scenario is, look, we've, I've got to know you a bit. Uh, can we meet up for coffee? Ooh. Um, you don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, but everyone sort of knows. Okay. Um, can we, look, I really like, can we do this a few more times and just see where it goes? And you've got, I mean, you don't need me to tell you this, surely. But that's, and if it doesn't go anywhere, that's okay. We chatted, you know, six times. We went out for meals or cinema or whatever it may be. And it didn't go anywhere. That's fine. That's normal. That's okay. We can celebrate that as a good thing. <laughs> well, I keep turning to I Liz because I'm, I'm expecting her to say, yeah, but you don't mean this, do you? And like, no, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> no, I was actually going to agree with you there. Uh, okay, wow. I think this is really um, important. Dating is a discernment process, and by nature it's uncertain. 
we don't know the future, God does, and we're not God. It's a good opportunity for us to accept our creatureliness and um, to trust him. So I think if we think we know exactly how it's going to work out, that, like you say, is intense, unrealistic. And it's not what God expects of us. He doesn't expect us to start a dating relationship knowing the outcome uh, from the end. This is... No. Um, secondly, who should I date? Who should I date? Um, date a Christian. Um, that should be fairly obvious. So 1 Corinthians 7, you, they've got to belong to the Lord. You marry who you want, but they've got to belong to the Lord. Um, and, yeah, that's just crystal clear. Beyond that, you want to marry a Christian who can help you. <laughs> so, for example, at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against no, such things, there's no law. Someone who's not a Christian is not going to help you grow in those things. And someone who, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian because I went to church 17 years ago. You know, even they may call themselves as such, but you know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to help you in that. Well, basic New Testament Christianity, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. You can't do that if they're not a Christian, genuinely Christian, uh, of, uh, you know, and seeking to grow in the Lord. So you've got to be a Christian. Um, who should I date? A be shared interests help, as does some level of physical attraction. What? <laughs> Just every so often, someone say, it will say, I mean, a Christian could marry any other Christian, couldn't they, as, you know, of the opposite sex? And you just commit and make it work. Well, probably. But why would you make life really hard for yourself? It's like saying, oh, I could do any job, um, even ones I hate. Well, you could do, but why would you do that? Um, so don't be perverse. Uh, it is good if you have some commonalities and shared interests. And physical attraction helps in that. But be realistic. Don't make that the be-all and end-all because if, you know, 30 years later, it ain't all there. Um, and you ain't all that uh, um, 30 years on. Um, so that will go. Uh, character hopefully does not. Godliness hopefully has improved. Um, so you want some of that, of course. Uh, don't be perverse about it, but um, don't overstate it either. Uh, and bear in mind, they're a sinner and not your ideal fantasy. So if you wait to find Miss Perfect or Mr. Perfect, you are waiting until you see Jesus. Um, because anyone you date and maybe marry is sinful and will wind you up and cause you distress as well as being an encouragement and a spur. Okay, Be realistic. Everyone is a sinner. Um, and you see people sin more obviously when you live with them. Shall I keep going? Keep going. Okay. This is tenuously planned between us. Uh, I just, we just trust one another, so that's all right, isn't it? Um, uh, when should I date? Uh, no rules here, but uh, be careful if you're young. Um, divorce rates are much higher if you marry before the age of 21. They just are, you know, they sort of triple the rate of, of compared to after after that. I mean, that doesn't mean if you marry age 20, it's going to end bad. It, 
these are overall stats, et cetera, et cetera, across the large numbers. Um, but everyone, you're still, people still mature, uh, and actually, uh, you can take these things overly seriously, but sociologists would generally assert, you know, now in the 21st century, only really by about the age of 26, you have a sort of competent semblance of who you are. Uh, and even then, our self-analysis is generally rubbish. Um, so just be careful, uh, that's all it is. Be careful, more importantly, I think, if you're vulnerable, uh, recovering from, you've just been dating someone for two years and it's gone wrong. Well, you're vulnerable then, don't jump straight into a new relationship. If you're recovering from a toxic relationship of some kind, it'll probably take longer than just a few weeks, you know, it could take a couple of years to get over that. Uh, you're recovering from some sort of abuse, you know. Uh, gulp, you feel that time is running out for you. That can make you vulnerable uh, and you end up dating someone who's inappropriate. Just, there's a few things there just to be careful uh, about. Um, uh, C, be clear about intentions. Um, so, crucially, uh, do they know, do you, are you dating? <laughs> do they know that? Uh, should we go for coffee? Oh, great. Should we go for another one? Yeah. What's happening now? At some point, da, 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 you have to define the relationship. Um, are we dating now? Um, uh, or we've become, you know, we're friends, we hang out a lot in a gang. And actually, sometimes now we quite often hang out, just the two of us. Is this, are we friends? Are we, you know, you don't want that ambiguity. It's not kind, is it? Yeah, I, we've actually just had a question about is exclusive dating biblical? Um, so why is it not okay to date multiple people? Um, and I think it, the answer is this, it's, it's kind. Um, to be clear about your intentions with one person so that there's less confusion. Um, we could also add perhaps uh, the benefit of dating being public. So sometimes there's a sense of anxiety when a relationship starts, you know, how do we feel about this? How do I feel about it? How do I want, how will I, I'm worried about how others will perceive this when they find out. You know, will the ho whole church know as soon as we go for coffee? Um, there's a kind of anxiety about, the pub about dating becoming public. I think there is a benefit to dating being public because it's kind to other people so that other people know that you're dating. But the whole world doesn't have to know, the whole church doesn't have to know. You can just tell a few friends. And we'll, I think we're going to talk later about the benefit of, of having friends speak into your dating life and ask you questions and uh, keep you accountable and that kind of thing. You're not going to marry multiple people? <laughs> Certainly not simultaneously. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you could have a tragedy. Well, in the sense, there could be tragedy. Your spouse could die young. Um, uh, you're not going to marry multiple people, so why would you date multiple people? Th that, that suggests uh, a deep... Uh, insincerity to the exploration, to my mind, um, and an unkindness. Uh, I mean, so he here I am, age 23, say, dating three girls. Um, can I be am I telling them, or even if it's two, am I telling them both? By the way, I'm dating you, I'm dating Molly, and I'm dating Sally. Um, there aren't any Mollies or Sallys, are there? No, sorry, anyway, the, um, so just, sorry, I just panic. Um, uh, I'm dating Molly, I'm dating Sally. Hey Sally, you, well, yeah, 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 no, I'm, yeah, it's nice to see you. Actually, I had a better time with Molly last night. I'm feeling more positive about Molly than you. What? I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just oh, So who has horrible. time for that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
Uh, is this a good point to ask about internet dating? So, what about internet dating? Da, 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 there is actually a question on the Slido. Is it okay for Christians to use apps such as Tinder? <laughs> to which I think we might start with the internet question in general. Is it okay for Christians to use the internet to meet someone, to date? Fine. God is sovereign and we take action. So it's just it's a, a different method of meeting someone. And there is an ad advantage, I suppose, to internet dating in that you meet a bigger pool of people. And given the nature of the number of things that you have to find in a marriage partner that sort of have to be right and have to match, there's obviously an advantage to having a bigger pool. Um, I would probably recommend using a Christian dating app because you're more likely to meet a Christian. Um, and we've said, we've already explained why it's good to date a Christian. Um, and I think if, one it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a secular dating app, such as Tinder, mm. that I think is the view of dating as recreational. Yeah. That is not, I can't see, because you date to explore whether marriage is rea uh, the, real uh, the, the outcome. And you're not going to do that on Tinder. That's just recreational. Um, I d and I don't think that's, that's not wise. Thank you. One note of caution, I think even with, a d with Christian dating apps is, yes, there's an advantage to meeting a wider pool of people, but you're not necessarily meeting like-minded Christians. So I think you need to, earlier on in the relationship, be asking questions about church, what their expect expectations of church, what kind of um, preachers do they like to listen to, what kind of books, Christian books do they read. Um, one of the major things you're looking for in a marriage partner is someone that you can do church with. Um, you know, if you're a Pentecostal and your date is a high Anglican, um, it, you're probably not going to agree on the kind of church that you want to take part in. And so I think it's just a question that has to be on our mind with internet dating is, are we going to agree on church? Because that's pretty fundamental in marriage. Yeah. I got an email this afternoon. So, so, so the, you wouldn't, no one would know them, this individual, because they're part of the lunchtime midweek congregation. Um, say, oh, you'll be surprised to know uh, I've been dating a Roman Catholic uh, and actually we've engaged to get married. Can we have a chat? Because we can't, you know, she wants to get married in a Catholic church and go to a Catholic church. I wouldn't do that. I want to get married in a Protestant church and go to a Protestant church. So we're at an impasse. Can you help us out? And you think, it's a bit late. <laughs> it's a bit late to be asking that question when you've just got engaged, that you can't go to the same church. Um, that's not wise. <laughs> Internet dating, great. Um, great. As long as you use it sanely, again, within the parameters of is exclusive. Um, your, I mean, not to date several people at once or just to scattergun. And I'm sure you could become absolutely obsessive and have, what are the Christian dating sites? Salt and what is the other? I, there's a few up. There's about I three. Ma I don't no. know. There's three major ones. People have told me this before. Uh, goes over. My, you know, I can't remember anything anymore. Um, but you could be dating. You know, you could put your profile on all of them, and I'm sure there could be. Oh, I've got a hit here and a hit there, or maybe that. I I could see that become just slightly obsessive and idolatrous. That wouldn't be good. But again, I think I'd like to meet someone to go to date them to explore marriage. If you're pursuing that with an individual, that I think is entirely reasonable and sensible. And why wouldn't you? Um, to, yeah. So it could be good, or it could be you could use it in a silly fashion. I'm sure both are true. 
how should I date? Three questions, and if you've been at CCM for any length of time, you'd heard me say these many a time. Let me run through them. Are we both growing as Christians? Uh, am I honoring them? And are we making progress? And if you go out for, I don't know, a year, and then the relationship ends, if you're able to, at the end of the relationship, say, well, in the past 12 months, we're not going to get married. And uh, it's, it's a bit painful at the moment, and I feel all sorts of rawness because... You know, my hopes were up, and I thought it was—I thought he was the one, she was the one. But if you can say we both grew as Christians in the last 12 months, and I honoured them, I honoured them, I honoured her, or I honoured him. Uh, physically, we didn't go, we didn't muck about. Uh, emotionally, I never led her on to think that we we're in a place that we weren't. You know, we we were honest enough, so it wasn't that she was expecting me to pop the question, and I was trying to find the eject button at the same time. You know, we knew kind of where we were at. If you've both been growing and you've honoured them and you don't, you know, at the end of 12 months you split up, that is good. That is a good 12 months. Okay, can I just say that again? Because this is not, let's not be overly intense. It's entirely normal to date people and not to end in marriage. It's just normal, healthy, because you're exploring, you're discerning. Um, that's okay. And there's lots of good things you can learn from spending time with another Christian. Uh, you can learn about your faith, you can learn about other people and how they tick, and you can learn about how relationships work. So, yeah, I just second that. Um, a few things before more thoughts. Are we both growing as Christians? That is not a question you can ask on a daily basis, full stop. Am I growing as a Christian? Well, I don't know. I think yesterday I was. You can't. It's a sort of twice a year question. Um, you can see some sort of growth. Uh, certainly over a year, you can see some sort of growth. But look, we're Christians. We go up, we go down. Uh, and some of us go up very high and down very low, um, depending on our temperament. We ebb and we flow. We behave and we misbehave. We're, we're godly and we're not. So don't ask the question every day, all right? I don't mean that. That would be a silly thing to do. That's the sort of question you can ask every six months. So, I mean, again, this is just a somewhat random, but w what does that even mean? Well, here are some things that jumped out at me. Do they help me seek the first the kingdom of God? Do they make do, when I'm with them? Am I encouraged to make Jesus a priority? Do they help me commit to church? Are they helping me serve others? Do they encourage me to be generous, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Those sort of things. Do we grow together? Um, am I honouring them? A few more thoughts on that. The it ought to be super trite or super overly simplistic. But I think this is fair as deep. In lots of ways, the dating model of the world is uh, I meet someone, we have sex, and then we explore if we even like one another. Okay? Um, that's not Christian. <laughs> uh, at the risk of stating the obvious, we meet someone, we explore how much we like one another, we explore that in an exclusive sense, we get engaged, we marry, and then um, we have sex, maybe. Um, it, it's a very different, it's completely the other way around. Um, and let's just not be worldly or pushed into the, the, the pattern of the world. Um, is that right? Yeah. No, no, okay. um, so, am I honoring them? So, physically, hopefully, you know what I mean by that. Um, 
emotionally uh, again, it's just, do they know where you're at? Are they, you, have you get, got the impression? Uh, I mean, sometimes people date and they split up, and and you chat to one and they say, yeah, it will, you know, three months ago we we're having these really intense conversations about marriage and when the question might be asked, and you think, oh, well, that wasn't very wise because you weren't actually certain. Why were you having those conversations and false expectations? Um, it's just it wasn't sort of super kind to do it that way round. Uh, spiritually, I think it just means taking them seriously, uh, listening. Um, I think it just conscious sometimes. Sometimes I've realised in some dating relationships, blokes in particular can be a bit overbearing. There's a difference again between marriage and dating. And I, I don't know, completely open an unhelpful box, uh, or just a tangential box, but there, there is biblically such a thing as uh, a man leading in a marriage, Ephesians 5, in a sacrificial, kind, gentle way. But when you're dating, you're not married. And I think it's quite hard for the bloke to get that right, but sometimes it's done in an overbearing fashion, and sometimes there's no leadership whatsoever. But just, you're not married until you're married. Um, you're just dating. And um, so the sort of question sometimes gets asked, is it okay for a girl to ask a bloke out? And I've heard that question asked in different settings, and the answer generally is, well, no, no, because you want a man to lead, and um, you don't want to start off badly. And I sort of think, I don't care. Um, if you want, what does it matter? You're not, you're not about to get married the next day. You've got time for that sort of pattern in relationship to develop. For goodness sake, if, you, if you're wanting things to be perfect in your relationship from day one of marriage, good luck. Oh, sorry, of dating, good luck. Um, and marriage. Oh, and marriage, good luck. So it may just be me, and maybe I'm sort of woolly on it, but sometimes people get really het up on that question. I think, well, who cares? I mean, you're only going for coffee. What does it even matter? Uh, you can work out this pattern of how you relate. And in the end, it's more important that you love one another sacrificially and you'll work out leading and submitting and all that. You'll work it out. Um, but you don't need to ask those questions yet. So who cares? Uh, just go for it if you want. Just related to that, that point, um, uh, I suppose the nature of dating means that we come up close with one another's sin more than we might do in a friendship. And um, uh, it can be tempting, I think, to uh, perhaps uh, as kind of exercise some character assassination on one another, depending on our personality type and how confrontational we are and that sort of thing. But I think in dating, again, it's much more like a friendship than it is a marriage in this area. We want to be thinking the best of the other, um, not holding them to account for every little thing that they've said or done to us that has hurt us. Or There is a place for kind of... Uh, I suppose, correction and feedback. And when you said that, it felt a little bit like this to me. Could you perhaps think about how you respond next time we have an argument or whatever? But there isn't the security in a dating relationship that there is in marriage to have those really frank, honest conversations about our habitual sins and the way that we so treat one another. So you don't want... Um, okay, let's spur one another on as Christians. I've made a list of your 20 besetting sins. Let's run through them. One... You don't think you don't think dating's the right place for that? No. 
I don't think anywhere is the right place marriage for that. But neither. <laughs> marriage neither. No, but just you, you see, you see what's being said that you do. You don't. You're not married. You don't quite have the right to point those things out to someone yet. I mean, you can chat about them gently, and there may be sins in their life. You think, well, I, I, I like lots of you, but there's this thing, and I couldn't marry you with this thing, and so we need to talk about this thing, this pattern of behaviour. Yeah, there, there may well be that awkwardness, pain, but. Um, you don't have the right to point out everyone. You know, it's a friendship. It's a friendship at this stage, an exclusive friendship, a friendship that's exploring marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but be careful. Be gentle. Uh, what, what, I've lost track. Where, what boundaries? Have we got? Are we doing that? Um, what boundaries? Uh, so physical. Yeah, physical. I mean, look. Again, sometimes these things. Is, I don't know. I'm I'm old. I know. Uh, but sometimes people say, "Oh no, you know, we, yeah, yeah." We say, "Oh, I'm going out with so and so." Oh, great. How long has that been? A month? Yeah, great. Yeah, we've had the conversation about boundaries and physical boundaries. Have you? Um, why have you even had that already? Why? I mean, why do you need to have a conversation about physical boundaries? You've like you've seen one of like four times. You've had that conversation. Whoa! Rain it in. Um, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be having to have that conversation now. And people, are, you know, it's one of the first conversations you have, isn't it, about boundaries? Well, only if you intend to overstep the mark early on. Cut it out. Um, just get to know one another. Keep your hands in your pockets. Um, so, sorry, I've, I've. No, I think I think that's that is helpfully stated. Okay. The way that you get to know someone is by talking to them. And uh, I think it's easy to engage in lots of physical affection and waste a lot of time and not actually have conversations about one another. What, you know, what are your likes and dislikes? What are your hobbies? What do you do at the weekend? Yeah. Sorry. That, um. Yeah. Um, Liz told me I shouldn't say this, but anyway. Uh, what, what was this? Phone. Oh, no, I didn't say didn't say it. I just was... You thought it was I was weird. updating your... your should we actually say it? Yeah, go it, on. Uh, it strikes me um, that phones, which are gifts, it's a good gift, can be used for good, can be used for evil, but they are with us all the time. There's uh, a fair ubiquity to, to the presence of phones. They can create a false intimacy, the relentless back and forth, back and forth, you know, the way whatever, you know, Snapchat or whatever you're using, it's back and forth, back and forth. Look, when I was dating, there was one phone in a house shared by five people. It was in the kitchen, tied to the wall. Um, and we had to take it in turns to use it. And someone else was cooking and chopping onions at the same time as you spoke to your potential beloved. It's all a bit different. I just observe it's different now. And um, it's, it's, slightly, it's similar to the physical affection thing. You, you have these sort of banal you know, conversations back and forth. Yeah, whatevs, yeah, and, and they're not even conversations sometimes, they're just sort of gifts sent back and forth till 12, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, and it's funny, and it's just funny, and I know that, I, I know it's funny, et cetera, et cetera, and it's sort of flirty, and, but it creates a sort of intimacy when you're doing that at 2 a.m. while lying in your bed that's not a real intimacy. Oh, well, that's all I mean by that. And Liz thought it was funny that I thought that. Um... No, I, I just thought it was a it was a helpful observation from a different generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh. By that. Oh. That is wounding. 
Dawn, I need you. I need you, Dawn. <laughs> um, oh, I think I'm blushing. Um, I've, I've lost my place. Oh, and people, people. Uh, what do you make of that one? Um, you don't, you have to, in one sense, you're exploring marriage, or exploring, if you're going to move towards marriage. Uh, you have to keep in your mind the assumption that you might not. Um, so therefore, how many people are you going to chat to your relationship about? Uh, I just, I think it's kind, again, I'm just, there's no rules, but it's kind. Once you've been going out for a while, and once you're starting to share background, emotions, history, to a greater degree. You're sharing stuff that you don't want everyone to know. Um, I think at that point you want to say, look, uh, I'm, I'm really positive about where this is going and look, we're sharing more about one another's lives now and, and histories. Are, and to move forward, I, I need to have a bit more confidence that you're not going to tell lots of people this. Um, so look, is it, this is not a rule, but I'm just putting, uh, why don't we just agree, like, you've got a couple of friends, I've got a couple of friends that we'll chat to about this, about our courtship, whatever you want to call it, our dating-ness. Um, but we won't go beyond that. So you don't tell all of your mates everything about me and I don't tell all my mates everything about you. It's just kind, just, you know, it's to listen. I think secret dating is silly uh, and not very healthy. Um, so you want to be known as dating, but you don't want everyone to know everything. <laughs> uh, particularly in church, you go out with someone in church, and then even after a year, and okay, this is not going to go forward to marriage, and you break, and then wow, look, there's like, oh no, there's a dozen people who know some quite secret things or personal things about my life, and I don't want that. No, you don't want that. So just that's what I mean by that. Just be realistic. The more you share about life, you know, can't be kind. Don't you don't spread it around everyone. We just need to make progress because we need, want time for questions. Right. So Sorry, you're telling me to shut up and move yeah. on. Um, uh, where have we got to? Let's do C. C. Are we making progress towards marriage? Again, uh, not a question you ask every week. You can ask it twice a year, maybe three once a term. Uh, you don't pull a plant up and look at the roots every day. It won't grow. And, uh, you know, if you sort of... It depends upon your temperament, but if you ask that question too often, is, is this, is she, you know, are we moving forward? Could this, you know, um, then you, you you become neurotic. You can ask it every so often. In other, you d but you don't date for three years and go nowhere. Um, that's odd. You, is, you're meant to be exploring. Can this go to marriage? Um, now you might do that if you're 16. That's t don't. But 20s, 30s, you know, 40s. You don't want to be doing that. Um, but you, so you have to ask, can we, you know, are we making progress here? Um, I've probably said a thing about don't reveal your past too quickly. Uh, be realistic about the mess people have made. People are sinners. Or be realistic about how people have been messed up by others. Um, again, I am of a different generation. <laughs> I don't mind saying it, really. Uh, so many dating relationships now are affected and some deeply screwed up by porn in a way that wasn't true 30 years ago. Um, and that's one example. But people could have 
a number of shameful, you know, you can date someone and after a year, oh, I've had an abortion or whatever. You have to expect, don't guarantee, not with everyone, but everyone has mess in their backgrounds to a certain extent. At some point, you've got to share that. Um, what do I want to tell you about that? Uh, just from experience or, or, or with others. Um, it's hard to be the one who tells it. I need to tell you about my abortion from a year ago or whatever, when I was 18. It's hard to be the person who receives it as well. It's like, oh, you got that in your background. <laughs> that changes things. So when you have a big conversation, or I'd say sometimes relationships end after that big conversation, and I don't think they need to. It's just that that conversation's gone badly. Does that make sense? You have that sort of conversation. I need to tell you that... You know, I was a porn addict. In fact, I got reported to the police, um, uh, you know, eight years ago. Wow. Um, if you deliver that information, please don't immediately expect affirmation from the recipient because they're going to be reeling that you've told them. <laughs> if you're receiving that information, uh, I think your response is, that's big. Let's talk in two days' time. I just need to process that. Um, I just, sometimes I've been sad and relationships have split and I don't think they needed to. I think they could have got over that if the conversation had gone better. Um, yeah. And that is much more common because a lot more, uh, there's a lot more baggage in today's society than perhaps once upon a time. Um, uh, but, 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 but. Five. Five. When shall I end the relationship? Uh, well, those three questions at the top of the page, if, if, you, if you know the answer to one of them is no, end it. I think. Um, are we both growing? No, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm losing zeal. I'm drifting away from church. End it. Uh, am I honouring them? No. There's misbehaviour in all sorts of directions. Uh, big caution, big caution. At least you've got to slow down, certainly. Are we making progress towards marriage? No, I actually don't think we're ever going to get married. Well, look, you're just going to make it harder the longer this goes on. Um, be realistic about that. Um, and those three questions, again, you, you might want to nominate a friend to ask you them every so often, not frequently, once every six months or something. That may be helpful. Beyond those three, uh, I love and trust growing. Do they respect me? Do they listen uh, and understand me? Can I be myself? Do I feel like me with them? Am I able to just, am I unguarded now? We've been going out for a while, we've shared stuff, and I just love being with them because I don't have to pretend. Um, what do my friends and family think? Uh, don't ever say, I know it's not perfect, but, and there's these things which are not very healthy, but I think when there's commitment of engagement, we'll be better then. No. Uh, there's an issue, but I'm sure when we're married, it'll go away. No, you sort that out first. Um. If it ends, make sure there's an honest explanation on both sides, kindly, 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 not firing both barrels. But it, it, it's a kindness to be real because otherwise people go, I don't understand it. When she says it's not about you, it's about me, what? Uh, but I thought, so it's, it's not actually, you, you leave people hanging and questions in their head and, um, so gently, kindly, but it is better to be honest, I think that. Give one another space. A clean break is a kind one. Um, 
don't ask. This is more of a male thing, I think, sometimes. Yeah, we were mates, and then we went out, and I don't think this is going to end in marriage. Could we go back to being mates? Because I like that. M maybe in a year or so's time, but not now. Don't ask me for the friendship without the... I'm just hurting. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way around. It could be the other way around, male, female. But I'm just hurting right now. Don't, don't do that. Um, if there's awkwardness, there may be a reason. Maybe not. Generally, if you've gone out for a, a block of time and you got excited about this relationship and you thought it had the potential to end in marriage and it ends, that hurts. It is painful. Sometimes it's just, I've lost a really good friend. I've lost someone who'd become my best friend. That really hurts. It's gonna hurt. So just because it hurts, doesn't mean that there's something unhealthy gone on. But sometimes it does. And sometimes you, you, you may want to involve others and say, look, I think we need a bit of help here to get us beyond. You were meant to say much more, weren't you? Why? It's all me. I think when we had the, you know, I was sort of inputting on the conversation and okay. you nicked the things I was gonna say. Okay. You know, I, <laughs> I've adopted all your improvements already. Yeah, basically. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can do six, if you like. Why don't you start us off at six? Yeah. yeah. So what is a healthy church culture when it comes to dating? Um, I think the first bullet point we put there is we're a family. Church is a family. We are not, um, I mean, this is obvious, we're not a singles club. Um, our identity is as Christians. Uh, we're brothers and sisters together in Christ. Whether we are single, dating, or married is irrelevant to God. Not that he doesn't care about that area of our lives, but it doesn't raise us in his estimation if we're married or if we're single. Um, he cares about us all equally. And so those markers that can feel quite important in our lives, they matter not very much to God in the same way that they matter to us. So I think we should treat each other as so, as brothers and sisters. Um, it's natural, I suppose, that we often veer towards friendships with people who are like us, you know, single people club together, married people club together. That's kind of natural because your life stage is similar. But in Christ, we have a, a bigger common denominator. Um, he's the one that we uh, share, and he unites different diverse people in one family. Um, and so I, I hope our church culture um, reflects that, reflects uh, the diversity, the unity that we have in Christ, and that our friendships um, reflect that too. We We're rejoice and we grieve. Which well, is classically Romans, Romans 12, rejoice mm. with those who rejoice, grieve with those who grieve. Um, sometimes that's hard. Uh, oh, so-and-so's got married. Oh, sorry, he's got engaged. Great. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard. But it is what we're called to do it. It's good to celebrate things which are good. Uh, and we need, you know, yeah, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And we mourn with those who mourn. That is... Uh, some people, every time they hear of engagement of one of their gang of friends, you know, it's just another little wound for them. Well, we mourn with those who mourn. I mean, oh, that's just a basic Christian living. We try to be kind, recognize how others are feeling, uh, and comfort them, or, and celebrate with them. We demonstrate grace. What did you have in mind by this bullet point? <laughs> <laughs> If I remember rightly, um, <laughs> I just mean by that, um, again, just thinking about kindness. So in the wider church family, uh, relationships, 
you know, they date, they don't end in marriage sometimes. Be gracious. Again, sometimes there's significant hurt for good reason. That needs to be unpacked. Often, it's just, you know, it hasn't gone, it hasn't ended up in marriage. And, okay, she's been a bit unkind, and he's been a bit clumsy. Yeah, you're right. But we've got to have a culture where we can forgive one another clumsiness, unkindness. No one in our church who dates is going to get everything right <laughs> because no one is Jesus. Um, so we are going to do it in a slightly clumsy, occasionally cack-handed, oops, I've trodden on your toe type way. We're going to make mistakes, but just be kind uh, and gracious and forgive one another those things. Otherwise, let's not be Pharisees. That's, I think, what I meant. Great. Should we have some questions? I think we really, really, really yes. should. Yes. Um, I think this one's quite important. What should I do with my sexual feelings when I can't act upon them? I might say a couple of things and then you can say a couple of things. Um, the first thing I say is every Christian has to practice se sexual self-control, even if you're married. Um, that's just the reality. That's what we're called to as Christians. I think delayed gratification, uh, learning to wait is a good thing in the Christian life, um, both in sex and in other areas, because that's quite fundamental to sacrificially serving others. If I'm going to put someone else's interests before my own as a Christian, then I need to learn to practice self-control. And so those are positive reasons there to practice uh, self-control with our sexual feelings. Um, would you add anything, Matt? I've, I can think of one it's thing. It's funny, is it? If, if, you are, if you turn to the scriptures and say, why has God given, what was the question, sexual feelings? What sexual should I do with my sexual feelings when I can't okay. act upon them? Uh, why has God given sexual feelings to every single human with the full awareness that some are not going to act upon them? You know, some are the Apostle Paul, some are Jesus uh, and others. You know, the Lord knows that some are going to be, why doesn't he just turn these things on? Uh, when you get at married the at the altar. Um, uh, so the Lord knows there is a good purpose in our sexual longings. Uh, obviously, they're distorted now. Be you heterosexually inclined, homosexually inclined, uh, married, single, whatever. There, all of us have got fallen sexual emotions, sexual longings. But there's something in them which is good. And given the overwhelming the sort of dominant paradigm of the scriptures that Christ is bridegroom and we are bride uh, there is something even in, in, while we're single about our sexual longings that is meant to teach us about our longing for Christ I think that must be the answer to the question biblically um, and you could be odd about it and say yeah but I can't have I can't kiss Jesus yeah no don't it doesn't all have to be physical uh, you heard Alex Amadi, you have a super book review. Um, yeah, Song of Songs. Uh, actually, it made me think lots about how Christ loves me in a slightly different way. Well, yeah, it's a different sort of genre designed to do it in that. And gives me some language to express how I feel about him. Um, he is Lord. He is King. He is Savior. He is Lover. That's right. Uh, oh, it's a bit weird. Well... It's just different, makes you think differently. Um, and our, our longings are in part given to us for that. And we started off the seminar saying dating and the Bible happens at Wells. Um, 
I think it's not a mistake that uh, in John's Gospel, we see Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at a well. And she's a woman who's been you know, trying to find satisfaction for her spiritual thirst in her relationships. Uh, but there Jesus is presenting himself to her as the answer to those longings. You know, ultimately, those longings point us to something better, and that is our relationship with Christ. Another question. I presume this one is... Hang on. Can't hold two things at once. Um, one for you, Matt. Maybe you think we've... We might have already answered this, but someone saying... Uh, Paul speaks about the gifts of singleness and marriage. From your own experience, how did you know the married life was the one the Lord was calling you towards? And then perhaps a related question about engagement. Uh, what about ending, breaking off an engagement? Should I be getting engaged if there's a possibility that it might not end in marriage? Uh, oh yeah, hold on. Um, Sorry, there's too many questions at once. Well, yeah, because the, the, neither of them are small ones. The, um, uh, the first one, how do you know, how did I know that I don't think you do, you can't know for certain. I don't think you do, there's no, there's no guarantees or certainties uh, in this regard. Um, I, uh, so what, I, I, what, oh, I lose track of time. I was 25 when I started dating Kerry, we married at 26, something like that. We married at 26, maybe we would, yeah, I think 25. Um, I became conscious of a friend um, who, I became a Christian at university, she became a Christian just afterwards. We'd be friends at university uh, and good mates, but never there was never any romantic hint because we, we were off the table for one another because we were from different planets, as it were, Christian, non-Christian. Um, so we had a really good friendship, but it was a good friendship. And then she became a Christian. And I remember uh, sort of waking up one day and going, Oh, so that, that, that could now be different, because uh, I'm not the brightest. So it took me a while to work out <laughs> that we were now living on the same planet. And just conscious that she complimented me with an E, not an I. That is, was a match for me. May, uh, had many gifts that I lacked, was a different character in a way that was helpful. Um, that when I was with her, people liked me more. Um, I thought, well, if she likes him, he must be better than I thought, because um, she's nice. Uh, so I, I thought I, w I was more with her than I was on my own, um, probably. Uh, I think I thought. I mean, look, I was 25. What did I know? Um, I was trying to work it out as best as I knew. It, was, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, and it's turned out to be, sorry, to go. <laughs> sorry, that, was, that wasn't even meant to be a pun or anything. That was... Um, it's, it seemed like wisdom, and others said, yeah, no, you guys are great together, and family thought it was a good idea, etc. I don't think that answers the question. I think that does, thank you. Um, engagement. I mean, I'm related to that probably. How do I know when we're ready for engagement? And should I be getting engaged if I'm unsure? What do you think about ending and breaking off a uh, an engagement? Don't get engaged if you're unsure, um, but don't wait for 100% because you'll never get there. Uh, you'll just never get there. Um, when you What's the purpose of engagement? Just to what, well, engagement is an in a declaration that you will marry. Um, and once 
the risk of stating something daft. I mean, we've been in COVID times, so things are slightly odd. I don't really get long engagements. We got engaged. Great. Uh, you got a date for Mary? Yeah, next year in what? Um, why? Or well, there wasn't a good venue. Oh, come on. Uh, that's not sensible. That's worldly thinking. Um, sorry if I'm offending you. Um, but if once you engage, get on with it. Get married. Do it in a field. It doesn't, you know, uh, put a marquee up in a, you know, it's not, you don't wait for the perfect venue. Um, it's a day uh, that begins a life. Um, and too often we have daydreams about the perfect day. Um, yeah, that, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, when do you know you're ready to get engaged? Um, you've been making progress. You've been making progress. They know who you are. That you, you don't get engaged when there's stuff hidden that you haven't shared. They know who you are, and um, you think you know who they are. Crucially, you have to have met and seen them with their family, and they need to have seen you and met you with your family. You need to have seen them with their friends. What are they like with their friends? Not just the gang you know, but other friends, seeing them in different settings. Normally having got over some hardship helps. You had a big disagreement and got through it. Uh, you know, something went wrong and you overcame it. That helps, gives you a bit more confidence. What do your friends think? What do your family think? Um, take, take advice from sensible people. And then at some point, you, you just have to go for it. But it's, this is not, this is unlike earlier where I said, could one Christian marry another Christian make it work? Yeah, probably, but don't be perverse. But by this stage, you've worked out we've got a lot in common. Uh, we encourage one another. Our friends think it's good. Our family think it's good. What am I waiting for now? Um, there's normally a point, and this is why you need friends also to hold you accountable. And once every six months saying, are you making progress yet? Okay, you've been dating now for two years. Um... And you might say, actually, there's a big thing that we're still working through. Okay, that's right. But, you know, you've been dating for, I don't know, three years, and you're now 40. Um, what? I mean, what? Is there any reason not to get engaged? Not a big one. Well, you either got to get engaged or, or call it off. Come on, what are you playing at? Um, sometimes there's a, there's a, you know, on occasion I've said to someone, you know, you've been dating a long time. What's holding you back? Well, there is this. Okay, understood. Understood. You know, you got to work through that. Um, should I call it off? Was that the, was the last part yeah. of it? And then, uh, sorry. Um, uh, if you're not encouraging one another, if your Christian life has gone backwards, if they don't respect you, if uh, where's this list? Um, if I don't think they listen to me, if I can't be like myself, if I can't hang out with my friends and them, um, th those sort of things. I'm going to just say, I, I'm happy to stay, and, and I'm sure Liz as well, and so some will stay. If you're thinking, but the rugby's begun, feel free to walk, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we said we'd finish at quarter two, we've overrun, so I expect we're now into the sort of stage of the seminar where people will drift out. What's it? And there are some notices. Um, what are they?
was so much better than me anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fair. It's fair. Um, okay, Liz, questions? So we want to keep going? Yeah, keep going on the keep questions? Keep going. Okay. Not on their notices. We hadn't, we've done those so quickly. Um, any advice for if I've got a friend who's a Christian, who's dating a non-Christian, how do I talk to them about that? Oh, well, I don't know the nature of your friendship. Um, I mean, I want to say kindly, gently. But sometimes blokes have knockabout relationships and you sort of smack one another around the head and say, what are you doing, you blockhead? So it, it, would, depend upon the, it would depend upon the nature of your relationship. But it, w without knowing any context, you speak kindly, you speak gently. Y you say, look, uh, actually, it, it isn't ambiguous, 1 Corinthians 7. You marry someone, that they belong to the Lord. If you marry someone who doesn't, uh, you're disobeying the Lord. I mean, that's never a great thing to do. And, well, where, how do you, what do you think the Christian life looks like, m married to someone who's not a Christian? Um, and to be honest with you, sometimes people marry a non-Christian and it's okay. More often than not, it's the Christian woman marries the non-Christian man, more often than not, I think. And sometimes it's okay um, in that she still comes to church even with the children, they still come to church. But the truth is, just empirically, uh, the children don't become Christians um, because it's just what happens. Uh, I, it's not a theological comment, that's a sociological one, that the position of the husband in the household affects worldviews um, significantly. Um, and it's quite hard for her to be keen. But that's the best end of the spectrum. Uh, I'm afraid those certainly over the years at CCM who have married non-Christians, it's been grim. The majority have ended in divorce. Not all, but the majority have. Um, and those that haven't, it's, quite, it's still hard. It's the belittling. Uh, it's hard when your husband and your son mock you for going to church. It's hard. Um... Anyway, but, but kindly, gently, you know, you think this will make you happy. Yeah, I do. I just, you got, you know, the Lord says it won't. <laughs> it's not best. Another question. If we're not fully aligned on some points of Christian doctrine, for example, infant baptism or speaking in tongues or predestination, is this a red flag? I guess something I would say is, the question is not necessarily being aligned 100%. The question is, can we do church and serve together effectively in church? I think that's the question you're looking to answer. Um, but absolutely, talk about all those things. Talk about doctrine. Talk about what you believe. Talk about what you're excited about, what you're learning about. Um, make that part of your, your dating conversation. Because it will help you discern if this is someone I can serve the Lord with. No need to add. Great. We're looking for I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking for the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> How would you explore dating someone 
where the feelings are weighted on one side. How do you, would you explore dating where the feelings are weighted on one side? I guess that could mean I like him, not sure he likes me, or it could be we're already dating and I feel like I'm more invested than the other person. You just got, you've got to have that chat, haven't you? Uh, I'm, I think we're dating to discern whether this could lead to marriage. I, but you don't seem to be dating. For, why do you think we were dating? Um, well, I'm bored on Thursdays. Uh, okay, maybe let's end it right here. Um, Is it also possible that, given that on different temperaments, someone could be kind of further ahead in their feelings than someone else in the relationship? So, And that's a slightly uncomfortable place to be. Um... I mean, for what it's worth, I think that's probably normal because that's we're normal. different. Um, you're two different people with different personalities and experiences. And so it's not surprising that your experience of the relationship is different and not necessarily surprising if one of you feels more sure than the other at different points. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, if that's, the, if that's the question, that's absolutely right. It's very normal. Um, and... Again, you just got time, isn't it? It's just time. How do you know other than time? Wh whether mutually you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if after a year, one is still super keen and one's like, yeah, I'm, I, I th think, well, I don't... Well, at that point, you've got to ask some serious questions if, if you're still way out of balance uh, at that stage. I think even more common is, okay, there's a slight disparity between the, 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 the guy and the woman, whichever way around it is. One is keener uh, than the other. Meanwhile, one of their mothers is so keen and excited. Um, and she has booked your venue and the photographer. And like, mother, calm down. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's, the, it's the bloke and sometimes it's the, it's the woman. But um, more often than not, it's, it's the mother that gets more excited. One last question. Any advice on supporting a friend who is dating or thinking about dating someone who you as their friend, don't think is good for them? Well, that's a high tariff conversation, isn't it? Um, it becomes even higher tariff if they start dating <laughs> and you still don't think they're good for them. Um, I think if you're persuaded that's right, you gulp, you pray, and you have a big conversation. Very, very rarely over the last 21 years uh, I've said so I, well to, to either engage couples or someone said well, oh yeah we're going to get engaged I've said are you sure uh, look I have to tell you I feel you know I don't know what you what you imagine goes on in Matt Fuller's head but you have that conversation with a guy who's got engaged, you just feel sick. Before you have the conversation, sick when you're having the conversation because that's a big conversation. Um, uh, but sometimes you, you think you pray and you think, Lord, I've got to do this. I just, I just, um, and I think I've had all outcomes. Uh, some say, oh, uh, golly, and actually, call it off 
and thank me afterwards. Uh, and it, yeah, it would have been a terrible mistake. I've had a guy roar in my face and never speak to me again, um, who then got divorced. Uh, but I, I, that that conversation just doesn't go well. I just just let you know that <laughs> it just doesn't go well. Um, you're going to get a strong reaction, uh, and sometimes people, you know, whatever it is, a guy's about to go out with a girl, you think it's inappropriate, but but he he's got quite a long way in his thinking, and he just doesn't want to hear it. He just doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want it to be true. Uh, and so he'll roar when you have that conversation. But if you're persuaded it's the right thing to do, gently, kindly, prayerfully, with a flak jacket on, because um, it won't go well. It just won't. But it's the right thing to do sometimes. Anyone feeling brave and wants to raise a hand? Otherwise, <laughs> we might. And I'll ask a question. question. Sorry, no. Um, or shall we leave it there? Are we through with the sliders? Great. I, I think I've found it now. Oh, I don't know. Which ones of you? Oh, I don't understand how it works. Just read, you know. I think we've done most of them. Not all of them. Uh, Johnny, go for it. it. While Liz works out what we haven't done. Go for it, Johnny. No rush is there for sort of to discern that information, unless like they're or Brad Pitt on steroids and everyone's going to fall in love with them as soon as they walk in the room, and, and so you need to warn people don't fall in love with him. He's just come out of a messy divorce. Why? Why would you? Why? Do, I don't know why it needs to come up super early. Does it? I mean, it's the sort of thing that in a friendship group will emerge over time. But why? I don't. I may have misunderstood, but I'm not sure why it would come up super early. But that's the, s yeah, I mean, I, I get that. That is the same for those who are same-sex attracted and but r want to live a celibate life out of reverence for Christ. I, I think what I'd say is don't make assumptions. Um, some people are single just because they want to be single. Some people are single because they're divorced and they don't want to, you know, they think it's right to remarry after, given the nature of their divorce. I think that varies. Some people are single, perhaps same-sex attracted. You have no idea. Um, so d I would just say, just you know, any group, don't make presumptions about what's going on. Um, if you know someone, you get to know someone well enough, you'll find out in time. But there's no need to be sort of prurient about it and pry into others' lives. I think. Is that? I may have missed you. Have I missed you? Retired. Okay. 
Um, questions on time scales. How long is too long? How long is too short with Christian dating? And related, uh, when is the right time to start thinking about marriage? T time scales are hard because uh, say you date someone who's in the military and in an 18 month win 18 month window they're overseas for 12 months and you actually see them you've been going out for 18 months but you've only seen them in the flesh a dozen times um or you could date someone for a month and see them every day for two hours uh so it, once it's time scales are completely arbitrary because it's it's opportunity to engage with them opportunity to know them opportunity to uh, move on in this process of discernment. So there can't be any rules. The younger you are, I think it's more appropriate to take longer. You're very much, you know, you're still working out slightly who you are. Uh, you know, so classically people start going out as students and they date for four years, five years, six years. Well, that may not be a, an odd thing. If you're 40 years old and date for six years, that's a really odd thing. Um, so it, it's, you know, I, I find that quite hard as a question. I think um, some common sense, how much have you been exposed to one another? How much do you know? And again, are we making progress? Is there a good reason to not after going out for two years? Well, yeah, because 18 months he was in Iraq. Oh, okay, well, that's quite a good reason. Um, and he's come back traumatized. Well, that's a very good reason. You, you know, take another year at least. Um, so there's no rules as such, but I mean, again, perhaps the wisdom of others helps who know the situation you're in. Uh, another specific question. What level of physical contact contact is appropriate for a dating relationship? Should we demonstrate? <laughs> Bible width apart. <laughs> um, again, there are no rules. Uh, you have to work on the premise that you, if you work on the premise that I, I won't marry this person, you won't go wrong, will you? Um, because you won't do anything that you regret. Um, uh, but there's, 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 there's no rules um, apart from, oh, well, there are some rules. Uh, well, what, oh, sorry, I'm just thinking of the, yeah, the consent is a rule. Stop it is a rule. I've had enough. No more. Go easy. Those are rules. Um, let's be, you know, so there are some rules. Uh, beyond that, oh, I guess at some point you'd be going out quite a long time and, and commitment and emotional intimacy is growing uh, and physical intimacy is sort of following in its wake. That is normal. Um, and you know, occasionally you get the weird things sometimes. So it's like, oh, we're going on holiday. Oh, who's that? Who's we? Oh, just me and the girlfriend. Oh, great. Where are you going? To Greece. Uh, where are you staying? Oh, just in this hotel. Uh, what, in the room together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not good. Oh, it's fine. We won't do anything. Well, then you have a real problem. You've been dating for like 18 months and you're sharing a room together and you won't do anything. I think you have serious problems. Because if there's any depth of realism to your relationship, after 18 months of emotional growing and intimacy, you will do something. Um, you fool. Um, or, you know, you, you know you, you, there's some problem. Uh, and you should call it off straight away because you know, it's, 
these are strong urges. Our sexual ones are powerful urges. Um, so at some point, not week one, but it's dating, but at some point, it is sensible to agree some boundaries and also to agree what happens when they're if, if and when they're broken. That's sensible. What do you say? Um, yeah, because it can get awkward when that happens. It's trust, isn't it? In the end, it's trust. More questions? Keep going, yeah? We're all... People are mind. still here. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do we know when marriage has become an idol? Hmm. How do you know when anything's become an idol? Um, Quite often someone else tells you. Yes. I suppose when it has replaced God, um, when it's taken priority in our lives over God, and that can be quite a difficult thing to discern, and it how we discern that also depends on our temperament. Some of us are more tender conscienced, and so we think, gosh, I really desire marriage, but, you know, am I betraying the Lord by desiring marriage? Um, no, you're just normal. Um, others of us uh, may be completely blind to the fact that our desire for marriage is kind of our obsession, and it's stopping us from growing in our relationship with the Lord. So it's difficult to discern, I think, but it's a question worth asking ourselves. In the end, like most idols, what you know? How often do I think about it? Um, how often does it preoccupy my thoughts? Uh, what am I daydreaming about? You know, and if it's always him or her or marriage, then, then things have probably got a little out of whack. Yeah. Uh, is it okay to be actively searching for someone to date? Should it not come from just getting to know someone as a friend? Well, I don't know about that. I think uh, sometimes, yes, I think, I don't, I mean, Vidius, Vidius used the word better, but um, it's easier if you've got to know someone as a friend. Easier is perhaps the more useful word. It's easier if you've got to know someone as a friend because you've seen them in different settings, you have friends in common, um, and you know you sort of think, yeah, I, oh, I love hanging out with Jessica. Oh, actually, I really love hanging out with Jessica. Hold on a moment. Um, something sort of clicked here that I've just realised. So I think it, it, it's easier in that. Um, I think undoubtedly some people, you know, it, it's back to the internet dating thing, is it, to a certain extent. Some people think, I'd really like to get married. I, th I, think, I think that's how I'm wired. I think that's my desire, and I, it's a good desire, as we said at the beginning, to be married is a good thing. To be single for the Lord is a good thing. Both are true. But I look, person that I am, way that I'm wired, I think I, I really, I'd really like to get married. Um, why not explore that? Is that right? Again, it's, it's idolatrous if you're obsessive. You know, if, you're, if you go on whatever salt and you refresh every three minutes, uh, every time you go to the loo, you refresh to see, I don't know how it works really. But you know, someone is uh, uh, sort of connected with you. It, Okay, that's a little obsessive now, I think. Um, but yeah. Uh, another question: What is flirting, and is it wrong? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that. Uh, you do the best flirting in our staff team, Liz. Phew! If I wasn't already red, I'd 
be even redder. <laughs> Flirting. I don't know. I don't know how it's defined, actually. I'm not even sure what a dictionary definition is. You kind of know it when you see it, don't you? Um, again, it's someone paying you uh, exclusive attention. You, know, you can be in a gang, can't you? And with one person, all of a sudden... I mean, I think... It was different in my day. But as far as I can tell from chatting to others, all of a sudden, you know, every day, there's a, a text exchange back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's flirting. Yeah, yeah I've got that much. Um, because that's, you know, you're not doing that with everyone. You're only doing it with her. You're only doing it with him. That That's flirting. And I, I don't know. I, what do I know? I think more flirting takes place initially on phones now than it does um, face to face. Is that, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, uh, but I think it's sort of exclusive attention paid. Uh, I'm and sure it can be done in an unhealthy fashion. Yes. Um, in, in a, it's not leading anywhere. But it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is there, I mean, oh, it's a non-biblical category. I get, don't be unkind. But I imagine if, if we can have healthy flirting, it's bantering and talking to someone to explore the possibility of whether dating is going to happen. It's a sort of, it's, the, it's, it's a stage back from dating. It's yeah. what, it is to dating what dating is to marriage, isn't it? <laughs> is that right, isn't it? I mean, probably, is it, I don't know. I think it's a helpful thing be in a, if I put forward the positive case for flirting, <laughs> because if someone just asks you out totally out the blue and the thought has never ever crossed your mind, that's, you know, that's fine. And, you know, you can go on the date and you can explore it and that's fine, no problem. Um, but if you've had a bit of a sense that they're paying you some attention and you've been paying them attention back and it's sort of built up to this point of asking out for a date, it's a bit more natural, a bit easier. But, you know, The last time not I perfect. asked Kerry out for a date, this is whatever you, uh, I said, I think we should go out. And she said, where? <laughs> I said, no, no, go out. Where? Go out on a date. Who with? No, just the two of us. Oh. <laughs> so that was an inauspicious start, but it got better. Evidence you don't need to be good at flirting to get married. <laughs> well, I, I, if, if, if I'm known that Matt Fuller, he's rubbish at flirting, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Or no, it could be a bad thing, couldn't it? Could be I'm trying to do it and do it, but no, don't even go there. You don't want to be known as good at flirting, do you? Who wants to be known as that? Sorry, they're, they're I really want to finish on a different question. Yeah, so the question. Um, these answers are deteriorating in quality now, aren't they? We we must be we must be near the point of ending. One final question: Any advice on holidaying together as a dating couple? I don't do it too early. Again, it's the sort of thing, why would you do it a month into being, I mean, distinguish. Going with a gang, very sensible, healthy, fun, not sharing a room, super. Going as part of a gang, great. It's nice. Holidays, good thing. Different setting, you're seeing one another in a different setting. Tick, 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 tick. Excellent. Um, going on holiday, just the two of you, mmm careful. <laughs> uh, that, I'm not even sure why I would, I'm not sure why I'd ever be on your agenda unless you've been dating for a while. And 
were probably you're conscious that you're moving towards a decision for marriage. You may even be close to getting engaged. Uh, but then, I, I mean, if you're sharing a room, you're nuts. I mean, you are basically saying, we're going to sin. And guy, over 20 years, I could tell you, lots of people say, oh, no, we won't. We won't. We won't. And then, you, you know, would you mind if I ask you when you get back? No. Brackets. Obviously, I mind, but, you know, it's hard to get away from that now. Uh, do, you, do you honor one another? Well, actually, we, we did go. We, yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. You fools. Um, again, unless there's nothing to your, unless your relationship is dysfunctional, of course, and you've been going out for a while, of course you're going to be tempted to push the boundaries. Um, so I'm not sure why you would. Uh, you could go on a holiday and, you know, you're not in the same room, but then you, you have to be loaded, don't you, to do something like that. So um, uh, be very careful. I mean, you can go without a gang. You could go on a skiing holiday in a chalet uh, and you're not in the same bedroom and all those sort of things. Yeah, of course, it's quite possible. Um, but sharing a bedroom, oh, just don't do it. Why would you do that to yourself? You're basically saying, I'm going to sin. You're choosing to, you know. Sorry, that's not very positive, is it? But anyway, we've got a positive question. No. I think we're out of questions. Okay. Unless there's one from the floor. Thelma. Changes over time. So, uh, so it says, Thelma, can we go out for coffee? Uh, at that point, it's, yeah. And who knows? I mean, you might spill it all over me and I think you're the biggest doofus and, you know, that's, yeah, that's it. I just think you're, you're clumsy Joe and that's how I know you from then on in. Um, that's different from six months in to a year in. Then you're, you're exploring seriously. That's why I, I think um, someone asks you out, whichever way around it is. As I say, I'm, I don't mind too much about girls asking guys out. I've got, you know, I, I think people get to tie themselves in knots in a slightly odd fashion on that. Um, but you just say, yeah, yeah, why not? Um, and I, I mean, the uh, there was a girl was at CCF years ago who, in our family, just in our family, we knew her very well. She's 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 sweetie used to come around and help with our Nathan when he was very very young. But anyway, let's call her Doris. She was just known as Two Dates Doris um, because she said, if anyone ever asked me out, you've got to give them two, haven't you? You've got to give them two. Even if the first is a shocker, I just think, well done, you've asked me out, you get a second. Even um, <laughs> That was just her view, Two Dates Doris. Her name was not Doris, by the way. The, um, uh, in the early days, it's so early on, who knows? Just don't be intense early on. That's why it's, okay, I've, I've really enjoyed this coffee. Should we, should we do a third? No, let's just call it quits here. Um, gently, kindly, you know. But that's, you know, that's not a big deal. That's not a big thing. Not, you know, it may just be two months. When you, the longer it's gone on, of course, it's become, you've got to be serious the longer it goes on. But when it starts, it's not a big thing. It's just coffee. Or cinema, or wine, or whatever. It doesn't, you know. There are other dating, other, dates available. other, other dating <laughs> venues are available. 
Any further questions? One last check on the Slido. Otherwise, I think we might be done. Refreshing. Oh, yeah. When is it appropriate to involve parents or friends in a dating relationship? How and when? Presumably, by that you, you don't mean you, you want them chaperoning, but you mean uh, <laughs> uh, because we're not the 19th century. But the, uh, you mean um, when do you introduce your boyfriend, girlfriend to them? Here's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, there are no rules because it's, it's, it's a subset of the question of how long should you date for. It depends where you're at in the relationship. You, know, you can date for a year and have only seen one another four times or you can have dated for, for, for a month and seen one another every day. And you know. So uh, when intimacy is growing, when you are starting to share your life, when... If you're starting to share family history, it's slightly normal to, to introduce your parents. Um, uh, you know, I think if, if you've gone out for dinner twice and then say, oh, you know, tell you what, I was wondering next weekend, should we go meet my parents? That's a bit of a freak out, I would have thought. Unless there's something natural, there's a natural, there's a gathering and I'm going there and, you know. Uh, so do you, so I, I think it's, there's no objective answer to that. It's somewhat, um, and again, depends upon you know. You, you got you know your parents. Uh, it may be you have parents who are pretty chilled and like, oh, okay, yeah, great, me, you go. It may be that you have parents that they're going to set up a firework display in the garden because they're so excited. Um, you know, I think my mother, when she first met Kerry, said, "We're so delighted. We never thought anyone would take him." Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so they they were quite delighted when when a girl came home, um, but you know. Yeah. What's a soft introduction? What's a hard introduction? <laughs> Jack, I think like that's entirely drive by. Yeah, <laughs> entirely subjective. I think it depends upon you, your parents, um, how they, how you think they're going to respond. I, yeah, I once I be sensible, be wise. I think it's a matter of indifference. You know, it depends. Uh, it depends upon people. Sub subjective. It's a subjective question. Um, we must be done. We. Need to finish so that we can set up for the next. We thing. really are done. Shall I pray? Yes. Our great God and Father, uh, thank you for a chance just to think through something of the 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 wisdom of, of the scriptures as they come to bear upon uh, dating. Uh, Lord, we pray for our church. We pray that we would have a culture where it's easy to uh, date. Um, without people being uh, friends, onlookers, others being a, a bit silly about it, where it's easy to date and end relationships without there being pain because they're conducted uh, well. Um, Father, would that's the sort of culture we long for. 
even as we've chatted, Lord, uh, for some, th- this is a fun topic. For others, uh, a painful topic. And uh, please be with us now as we go and re- reflect a little bit, perhaps, for some of us. Uh, Lord, would uh, we conduct these relationships knowing that marriage is a good thing, but also that it's temporary, uh, that eternity makes uh, all the difference in the world to whether uh, what marriage looks like here and now. Even our strongest of sexual urges are placed within us to help us think, dwell upon uh, the love of Christ for us. So, Father, help us keep these things in right measure. Help us to be wise. Help us to um, involve our friends uh, rightly so that these things are done in a healthy fashion, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming.